Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Dr. Avella. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm 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 better. I'm You're good. Be- <laughs> I'm feeling Better's good. I'm feeling well. All right. You know why? Why? Because I saw my poor patient who got really beat up badly in a boxing match and it, it made my face hurt <laughs> to see his face and to look at a CT scan. Okay. And I and I felt deeply for him. And then I felt better that at least I'm not boxing. That you weren't him. <laughs> <laughs> and was like, oh, this is awful. Okay, I'm not boxing. As long as nobody comes and decides to beat the crap out of me, I'm good. You'll be okay. It could happen though. I don't put anything past anybody. What we're going to talk about today is options for breast reconstruction. This is, again, for our Breast Cancer Awareness Month discussions. Yes. So this is a huge topic, and we're going to try and distill it down into a 15-minute segment. But know that this is a topic that whole weekends, whole weeks of meetings are based on (laughs) plastic surgery societies. You can go and have a conference for a month talking about options for breast reconstruction. It's exhaustive and it's, it's very complex. So I apologize if any of this comes across as simplistic, but we're going to try and keep options and, and reconstruction to basics here. Let's, let's stay basic. So let's just go with the easy stuff. Mastectomy, unilateral, one side, you find a, a breast cancer, it's a two centimeter introductal carcinoma, and you need to have a mastectomy, uh, no radiation. What are the choices? What are your options? I think it's important to say that there are two main pathways for breast reconstruction. One is going to be an implant-based reconstruction, which is exactly what it sounds like, silicone implants. Or you can do autologous reconstruction, which means using your own tissues, your own fat, your own skin, and moving it around from one place of excess to the breast that needs a reconstruction. And why you would do one or the other usually comes down to two factors. One would be patient's body habitus, so how they look. A patient... Nobody knows what a body, body habitus, habitus is. It's a funny word. It's what your <laughs> it's body looks funny. like. It's funny so, when you say it, and I think... I have no idea what that is. I know what it is because I'm a doctor, but if I was hearing you say it, I'd be like, Body what habitus. language is Dr. Ravello speaking right it's now? It's of Latin origin. It is. If I had to guess. So their body shape. Their body and, shape and size. And size and, and the way that they are. What you look like. There you go. So if you have a larger breast, larger breasts, and you're only taking off one of them, it's very That's hard, hard <laughs> to make... An implant. An implant, a fake silicone implant, look like a large natural breast, which usually has some kind of ptosis or, or descent of the tissue. Nobody knows what ptosis is. What's ptosis? Okay. It's when the nipple and or the breast tissue is falling, kind it's of off like the chest hanging. wall. It's hanging. It's totic. It's totic. So in that case- We, we ca- use some funny words. <laughs> I mean, it's just must sound like people like bleep, blop, blar. What are those people saying? <laughs> Are they talking about something that I should know about? Because I don't understand any of those words. I don't know what a habitus is. I don't know what ptosis is. So ptosis is like a hanging breast. I hate to use the word sagging. Nobody wants to have their breast described as saggy. But if you have a nipple or breast tissue that's falling down, you know what I'm talking about. So those breasts usually get an autologous reconstruction if you're only taking off one side. Yes. Or the other reason to get an autologous reconstruction is if you're going to have radiation. Now, that's not a hard stop. But some people, if they're going to have radiation to their chest wall, do better if they don't have an implant that's going to be radiated. I have a question. Yes, Dr. Calvert. I have a question. Do you think (laughs) it's better to do the reconstruction 
and radiate the autologous flap autologous no. or should they get the radiation and come back and do the flap always the, do the radiation wait yes. a year you have to wait a year for all that changing of the radiation all the tissue damage that's happened let that heal let that yes. settle then you come back with your nice healthy flap of fat and skin and put a new healthy tissue back onto that chest wall thousand percent that's the order of it says you but other people radiate the flaps i um, do they i hope not i hope not i think we've pretty much established that that's That's not a bad thing uh, no i have seen it recently by the way and it's just that's just bad just dumb so if (laughs) thank you dr calvert (laughs) (laughs) it is sometimes it's like no no. um if you're not gonna do radiation or you're not going to use your own tissues to reconstruct your breast then you're going down the implant pathway of reconstruction and that's what i do a lot of so i'm pretty familiar with it and we i think are definitely pushing the envelope and the requirements for who gets implants and who doesn't Um, and you can do one side you can do both sides some people want to do bilateral or mastectomies of both breasts for their own comfort or because they think it's going to have a better reconstruction all of that is fine those are all very reasonable options and then you can put an implant in on one side you can put them in on both whichever you're doing and when you're doing an implant reconstruction, you can either do it at the same time as your mastectomy, or you can have your mastectomy, recover from that, and then go back in three, four months and do your implant reconstruction. What do you think about implants and radiation? Ooh, well, that's a hornet's nest. Oh, I um, just eat it. It's dumb. <laughs> no, it's not dumb. But some people have to do it. And, and, but I really don't like it. You know, I, I'm if you're up seeing, against the wall and you got to do it, I'm seeing a lot of it. The indications for radiation after mastectomy are increasing. So mm. a lot of my patients are having mastectomies and radiation, and it's it's a battle that I'm definitely having to face. And I think when you're getting down that pathway, now we need to talk about the stages of implant reconstruction because there's also two ways of doing that. You can do a two stage, mm-hmm. or you can do a single stage. A two-stage is sort of the classic form of an implant-based reconstruction. And that's when you go in, and the first stage is placement of a tissue expander. Ah, And a tissue expander is basically an underfilled, uninflated implant. It goes in under the muscle or over the muscle, and then over a course of two, three, four months in the clinic, it slowly is expanded like a water balloon. So if you think about when you're pregnant and your belly slowly grows and the skin stretches as the baby grows. Same thing with the breast. This expanders in there as you slowly inflate it, you're stretching out that skin. And once you're at the size that you want, then you go in and you put in a permanent implant. That's the two stage. A single stage is you have your mastectomy and then immediately you put an implant in. And who's a candidate for what is a whole nother discussion. But suffice it to say, when you throw radiation into that, you can radiate at any of those stages. You can radiate before the expander. You can radiate the expander. You can radiate the implant. There's pros and cons to all of that. Radiation is designed to clean up the whatever straggler cancer cells Mm -hmm. or cells thinking about becoming cancer in these uh, breast cancer patients in their breast. And the problem is that radiation damages the local tissue. Damages everything. Radiation is great for cancer. It's awful for everything else. And it is probably the plastic surgeon's number one enemy. It is. It is a, it is a, 
like a party pooper for the It really is. It and it lasts for it. years. I mean, it, the effects of radiation on, on. is terrible. just, it's awful. No, I, I really don't. I don't like radiation and implants together. No, no one does, but it's, you know, no. it's what we have to deal with a lot. It is. If you, and that's where, you know, once again, I want to just say my opinion is if you can do an autogenous reconstruction, you should, if you can, it's my opinion. That's all. If you can get a, a nice deep DIEP flap, which is a microvascular transfer of a, uh, bunch of fat and skin from the abdomen to the breast. And it's very tedious operation because there's a lot of microvascular hooking up of blood vessels and right, all sorts right. of things that are, that are very uh, labor intense and take a lot of recovery time also for the patient, but they just look great. It's a better look. Um, and it's definitely better if you have radiated tissues. Usually this is done, like we said, in, in delayed fashion, you have your mastectomy, you have your radiation, then you go on and you have the flap. And it's just, if you're, I think, the, I think you're right. I think it's a great operation. Um, the problem with it is that it's, you have to do it in a tertiary high level center with surgeons who do these cases all the time yes. that have a team that take care of these patients, you know, and that have nurses and ICUs set up to deal specifically with these kinds of surgeries. And that's just hard. You know, we live in a, in LA, we live in a big metropolis and there's lots of places where you can have these kind of surgeries, but that's not always the case. You know, not every city, not every place in the country is going to be set up to do the more high level kind of reconstructions. Yeah, well, that's for sure. I mean, that's a very, you need an ICU, you need to be able to and there there are complications with those flaps. They're not 100%. No, I mean, those are those are big surgeries. I mean, those are not small surgeries. And I think that's important to say for all reconstruction and something I tell my patients, every single one of them, no matter what form of reconstruction we choose, it's a commitment. This is not a one and done kind of right. thing. We're not going to just pop an implant in you and you're done. Bye. Let's not talk again. You are in it for the long haul. Reconstruction takes multiple steps, multiple surgeries. Yes, it Sometimes does. it can span out for several years, and then you have to follow it. There's always going to be maintenance to do of your reconstruction. So if you're going down the reconstruction pathway, you have to know that you're committing to a process. 100%. You absolutely are not one and done, especially with implants. No, not at all. I mean, tramp flaps... They kind of sail. They can be. They they yeah. can sail. You can yeah. get done and be out the door, but plan for it not to be. Plan to be in touch with your plastic surgeon. Yes, for a very long time. Yes, very much so. All right. Should we talk about specific flaps? Latissimus dorsi. Sure. Yeah. Tram. We throw the word flaps around a lot. Flaps are basically just any part of your body that contains. A live tissue, whether it's muscle, fat, skin, what, what have you. And in breast reconstruction, it's sort of the concept of robbing Peter to pay Paul, where you're deficient in one area, i.e. a breast, you take from some other part of your body to rebuild it. And typically, it's done from the abdomen. So that goes by a lot of different names. It could be a tram flap, a deep flap, a muscle sparing tram. Basically, you're doing a tummy tuck. You're taking that extra little fat and skin of the lower abdomen below the belly button, and you're moving it up to the breast in whatever way you choose, whether you keep it attached to its blood supply, whether you detach it and reconnect it. You're moving your abdominal skin up to the breast to rebuild a breast. That's one option. 
The other one is to use what's called the latissimus flap. And that is the latissimus muscle. It's that swimmer's muscle. It's that V muscle on the back. And honestly, the only person that probably needs that is Michael Phelps. No one really needs <laughs> that latissimus muscle in He's going to be life. upset if you take his latissimus. <laughs> it's not. Please. No one. Don't take his latissimus. But we take I was that, thinking about it. We take but, that muscle. But I'm not going to now. Please don't. Um, and we swing it around exactly like it sounds. If you take it from the back, we leave it more or less attached by its blood supply and you swing it around to the front of the chest yep. and you reintroduce healthy muscle, healthy tissue into a breast that's been damaged by radiation or what have you. That's not Works as great. It's, it's good. It's not a, a big, robust flap. You can't rebuild a whole breast with a latissimus. No, typically you use an implant. You have it. to put an implant under it. Yeah, I mean, I love that reconstruction. It's a great one. It's really, it's reliable. It's more, you know, it's good. It gives a good result. I think for a mastectomy, that if a tram flap isn't available for whatever reason, that that is my go-to flap. I love a latissimus flap. Love to use an implant with it. It works. It can take the radiation a little bit better than just doing skin and some yeah. pectoralis. Yeah, oh, I never radiate it, though. No, I, I know you don't ever want to radiate it, but <laughs> why do you want to keep radiating my flaps? I don't want to radiate any of your flaps be, because I really, I just feel like you need that. It's to make me a stronger to make it more person. interesting yes. in your reconstructive world. It's, it's good for you. It's like going to the gym, you know, it's like running with a tire attached to your back, um, which my trainer makes me do. It's very painful. Um, but I think that that's the thing. It's like you want to, you, there's, we know so much about what works and what doesn't work in those situations that in breast cancer awareness month you've got to get the information from somebody who has this like going on i know we talk about this all the time but the google rabbit hole you know when you start going down that rabbit hole and and you come in and you've just been bombarded by the internet and all of your options like we said Plastic surgeons can talk for a month about the options of reconstruction. Definitely. The amount of information out there and the amount of options are enormous. So you have to be really careful about what you see, what you read, because any person out there that's giving advice on the internet about reconstruction, I guarantee you has a totally different cancer than you, has a totally different body habitus than you, has a totally different good. treatment option than you. I know what that is now, because we went over that. <laughs> So you, it's it's like comparing apples and grapefruits, or you know, like it's there's no way to compare what one person's experience is with breast cancer and reconstruction with anybody else. They're it's always going to be different. There so you go. You got to find someone you like, someone you trust, and customize and customize. Well, I think we did that. I think we, we <laughs> that was a simplified, very comprehensive approach to your breast cancer reconstructive options maybe in the future we could get into more detailed discussions on each one of those sure especially the microvascular deep flaps and all that 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 is that's deserving probably of a guest i I was gonna say i'm thinking of a few people (laughs) i could bring on because you know what like that is such a cool operation. Like we do it. Or I mean, I don't do it currently, but we all did it in our training, the microvascular anastomosis. And you kind of take it for granted what you're doing exactly because you, you do it so much. But if you really step back and look at that operation, how cool is that? It's very cool. And it's very, it is a very specific set of skills to do it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I am not doing that right now. I do, I do a fair amount of breast cancer reconstruction still. Because I have patients who, you know, I've done their rhinoplasty and 
Now they have breast cancer. One out of eight yeah. women is going to wind up with breast cancer. So it's it it's something all plastic surgeons deal with, and uh, you know you just got to keep fighting to get rid of this. We got we got to get a cure. We need to get rid of breast cancer. A cure would be fantastic, and I don't think That's it's out of the need. question. You know, there's there's a way, but if you don't if you don't put the if you don't put your good money down and do the research, it's not going to happen. So, well. Nice job, Dr. Ravello. Thank you. Great to see you again. If you guys have questions, you can always go to our websites. As you know, you can go to ravelloplasticsurgery.com or drcalvert.com. And we're happy to take direct messages on our Instagram or whatever other social media we have out there for uh, the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. And we look forward to hearing from you. And this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is brought to you by Rock Spa. This is Medi Spa, located both in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach, providing services such as Botox, fillers, lasers, and all therapy, as well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director, me, Dr. Jay Calvert. Rock Spa Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spalding Drive, in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310-777-0496. And Rock Spa Newport Beach is located at 1617 Westcliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there is 949-644-1111. You can go to their respective websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. Rockspa was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty. And if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform, it's the way to maintain those operations. If you mention this podcast you will get the member's pricing for your hydrofacial. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery, but there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery. Our practices are located in Beverly Hills, and I also have a satellite office in Newport Beach. If you'd like to get more information about our actual plastic surgery practices, you can take a look at my practice at drcalvert.com and Dr. Ravello. Ravelloplasticsurgery.com. My phone number is 310-954-1355, or you can contact us directly through the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com, and you can reach my office by calling 310-777-8800, and that will get you an appointment either in Beverly Hills or at the Newport Beach office. My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is 310-954-1355. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune-ups.